You're listening to the Assembly Call IU podcast and postgame show, the place where Indiana fans across the globe hang out online after every IU basketball game. If you want to get more out of being an IU basketball fan, then make sure you're subscribed to our email newsletter. Go to assemblycall.com slash join today and sign up for free. That's assemblycall.com slash join. This week's edition of the Assembly Call is brought to you by SeatGeek. As you know, buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated, but there is a better, simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There is nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I have SeatGeek on my phone. I've used it several times in the last year. I used it when Yogi Ferrell was playing for the Mavericks and went to see a couple of games. Used it to buy my wife tickets to a concert, so I can personally vouch for it. I use it. I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats to any event that I want to go to. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and help you find amazing deals. And best of all, listeners to the Assembly Call get $20 off of their first SeatGeek purchase. All you have to do is download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code ASSEMBLY today. That's promo code ASSEMBLY, A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. And now, get ready for another brand new edition of the Assembly Call. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio, where each week we discuss the most important IU basketball stories from the past seven days. This is our 45th edition of Assembly Call Radio, and it is our 337th episode overall of the Assembly Call, recorded on the evening of Thursday, September 21st, 2017. I am your host, Jared Morris. As I mentioned last week, I am very excited about our redesigned website because the homepage is now your hub for all of our content, which includes our live shows. So anytime that you want to view our live broadcasts and participate in the live chat, simply visit assemblycall.com. It is all right there. And if you miss an episode, you will find the latest replay right there at the top of the page too, along with a number of ways to subscribe. So when you get a chance, check out our new look at assemblycall.com. Alrighty, let's proceed with how we begin every episode of the Assembly Call, and that is with our Hoosier Proud Banner Moment. And this week's Hoosier Proud Banner Moment occurred sometime on Wednesday night when four men walked into a house in New Albany, Indiana, to begin an in-home visit with the state of Indiana's most hyped recruit since Eric Gordon. The four men, Archie Miller and his assistants Tom Ostrom, Ed Schilling, and Bruiser Flint. The recruit, only one name needed, and you know what it is, Romeo. This culminated a week in which Archie Miller and his staff also conducted an in-home visit with five-star Class of 2018 point guard Darius Garland and hosted five-star Class of 2019 wing Trendon Watford on an unofficial visit in Bloomington. According to Alex Bozich, Romeo's father Tim said the visit, quote, went well, 
which is about as descriptive and effusive as the Langford family ever gets publicly. Darius Garland's father, Winston, who grew up an IU fan, said the visit was awesome, and Trendon's father, Ernest, said he was, quote, super impressed. Now, who knows where Romeo, Darius, and Trendon end up playing their college basketball, but here's what I do know. If Archie Miller is going to hang banner number six in Simon Scott Assembly Hall, he will need to land five-star talent to do it, and this week was yet another in a series of self-assured strides in that direction for IU's new basketball coach. All righty, now let me introduce my esteemed co-hosts for this week's show, which for the second week in a row includes a special guest. But before we introduce that special guest, a name and a voice you know well. He's one of the world's most respected bracketologists. He's the president of the Robert Johnson Fan Club. And he can't wait to see if Archie Miller's substitution patterns make more sense than the man he's replacing. He is Andy Bottoms. Andy, what is your Bottoms line from the past week in IU basketball? Well, I think mine dovetails pretty nicely with what you talked about. Uh, You know, I, I wasn't on last week to really talk about the Jake Forrester signing and things like that. But what you really start to see is this nucleus of guys that he that he signed already uh, to come in next year who will kind of form this core and, and build his philosophy going forward. And uh, at some point during the offseason, you know, we got asked a question or, or you came up with a question in terms of what program we'd like to see IU model itself after. And I'm fairly certain that I answered Kansas. Um, the thought being, uh, you know, obviously accomplishments on court wise are, are obvious. But one of the things that you see when you look at their program year over year uh, particularly in his last few years, is a solid core of guys who goes through the program. So guys like Frank Mason, Devontae Graham this year, Perry Ellis for the prior, you know, eight to nine years. Um, you know, guys like that are there, but he's augmented that with some more one and done type players. So an Andrew Wiggins, a Josh Jackson, um, and, and things like that. And so what it feels like IU is building toward from a personnel standpoint, at least, is some something similar to that model where you've got this core of guys who go through the program together, four-year guys through three to four-year guys at least who will be there. And then now, as you said, trying to augment those with guys who are more of five-star, one-and-done type of players. Um, and you see that even kind of in an ideal world getting set up as you move forward through these other years with guys like Keon Brooks and uh, and other folks in, in future classes they're looking at. Trendon Watford, uh, you know, falls into that category as well. And so, you know, you start to get a little bit better idea of what Archie's philosophy and roster construction and those kinds of things start to look like. Uh, and I think that's exciting to see it, it, it modeling other programs who have had the kind of success that everybody wants to see Archie and, and IU have. Uh, obviously, that sounds really easy when you say it out loud. And certainly, he's laid a lot of groundwork with the guys he's signed so far. Uh, but now, I guess the hard part comes is if the other part was easy is, is really trying to figure out how you, uh, you know, bolster what you have with those few, you know, transcendent guys that you have there. And, uh, you know, the inroads he's made with some of these players in, in a pretty short amount of time is impressive. And uh, hopefully at some one of these shows in the uh, likely with those guys, maybe not the very near future, but in the future, uh, you know, we'll be talking about what they're going to look like and, and what teams will look like with them on it. Yep. And to my right, in the spot where Ryan Phillips usually resides is this week's special guest. He is a man who really needs no introduction because he is among the most well-known and respected IU superfans out there. Don Fisher is the unquestioned voice of IU sports, and our guest could certainly be described as the voice of the IU fan. He is Chronic Hoosier. Chronic, it is awesome to have you back with us on the Assembly Call. For your opening statement tonight, why don't you tell us your favorite moment so far from Archie Miller's eventful and certainly confidence-inspiring first few months on the job? First, let me say thanks for having me back, guys. Always a pleasure to join you all. Um, As far as my... um, It's... 
been a really positive honeymoon, I guess, at least on my end. I, I've, I've very much enjoyed the new direction the program's taken. Um, but if one moment sticks out to me, I would probably have to say it's the Race Thompson commitment. Um, and simply because Archie's been on record previously, and I forget where I saw it, but essentially saying that scholarships are worth more than gold to him, and you have to treat them as such. And in addition to keeping together um, the previously committed incoming class of, of this year's freshmen, um, I, that was that was critically important, I thought. That way he wasn't starting in some sort of a deficit. Um, but when you look at what he did with his first true commit, um, it wasn't just gold that he was going to spend for the sake of spending. He took that and invested it for a greater future return um, by getting a guy who he had a longstanding relationship with. It was a target of his at Dayton. And then being able to bring him in a year early and get him on campus and then redshirt him um, so that he's going to have an entire year to acclimate to the program, to the school, to all the rigors of college life uh, and his teammates and, and everything that Archie's trying to instill here so that when he actually gets to see his first minutes as, a, as an IU Hoosier, he's going to have a year under his belt. I mean, it won't be game time, but he's going to go through all the practices and just all the workouts and everything else. So I thought that was, um, hopefully that was an indicator of things to come because I felt that was a very strategic move. Uh, I felt that was something that was clearly well planned out and hopefully it, uh, it pays great dividends for him in the future. But I like to see the way he's managing the roster as far as that that's going, because he said too, he's only going to run about an eight person's uh, rotation. So there's no sense in, in burning these guys' eligibility if he doesn't think they're going to have a chance of playing anytime soon. So I, I just thought it was, uh, it was a very positive sign from my seat. He's a man with a plan, and so far that plan has been executed quite well. All right, well, here is what we are going to discuss this week. We will, of course, talk more about recruiting. Uh, we're going to discuss what all the latest news means. We will also have Chronic fill us in just on the general feeling around Bloomington as Archie Miller continues building major momentum even before coaching his first game. We will discuss the upcoming 2017-18 season and some of the biggest questions facing this year's squad. And finally, we got a ton of questions in this week, and so we are going to answer your questions in segment number Number four, all of that coming up here on Assembly Call Radio. Uh, real quick, before we move forward, a word about this week's sponsor for Assembly Call Radio, SeatGeek. Remember that when you need tickets to a sporting event, to a concert, other live events, SeatGeek is the best place to go to ensure that you get the best deal. Their app and their website are easy to use, and the color-coded deal rater makes it easy to see which tickets are delivering the best value at any given time. And here's the URL to keep handy when you're preparing to buy IU basketball tickets. It's iutickets.shop. Typing that URL into your browser will take you directly to the IU basketball page on SeatGeek's website. So if you want tickets to Indiana's two exhibition games on October 28th and November 5th, that's the URL. Tickets are available right now for as low as $17.00. Check them out at iutickets.shop. And since that is our affiliate URL, we do get a commission whenever you use it and then end up purchasing tickets. So in other words, you get a great deal on IU tickets. Another passionate, excited IU fan will be in the stands to cheer on our Hoosiers. And you help support the assembly call. So a win-win-win. Again, that URL is iutickets.shop. And if it's your first time using SeatGeek, don't forget the promo code assembly, A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y. Use it when you make your first purchase, and you will get $20 back after that purchase. Again, the promo code is A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y, assembly. 
All right, you are listening to The Assembly Call. I am Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms and Chronic Hoosier. And let's talk a little bit more about the big recruiting news from this week, Chronic. Obviously, in-home visit with Romeo Langford, in-home visit with Darius Garland, having Trendon Watford on campus for what sounded like a great unofficial visit. You know, you talked about the Race Thompson recruitment, and, and Andy talked about kind of this foundation that Archie has laid. And now he's in a position where because, you know, we have such a solid class already committed for 2018, he can really swing for the fences with the scholarships that are left. Uh, and in 2018, that is Langford and Garland. How are you feeling about those recruitments now as it looks like, you know, Indiana's position for both guys seems to get better and better with each new piece of news that comes out? I feel absolutely fabulous where we're at right now. I, honestly, I th- I th- one thing that really stood out to me as well, in addition to the Ray Thompson commitment and the way that he's going to redshirt and use him, when you look at the way in which Archie was able to target his specific needs for the uh, for next year's class, um, obviously we're going to have a lot of front court um, uh, attrition this year. Um, so he went out and he got – he got a lot of size, got him in. Obviously, point guard's been a problem for, for some time now. He went out and he addressed that with Finnessy. Um, but above all of that, not only did he he target specific needs and, and get them in really short order, when you look at the way in which he was able to wrap up the vast majority of his class, Finnessy's commitment came on the day that the September, I believe it was the September evaluation period opened. So he goes into really the heart of recruiting these seniors now, and he's pretty much got all the shopping done. Uh, now all he has to do is obviously they're going to so the staff's still going to check in with all the guys that are committed, but as far as spreading themselves out and how they're going to allocate the resources, he's locked in now with a laser focus on his last two prize targets. And it's going to, it's going to free up a lot of, of the staff's resources and time to really put the full court press on these guys. Uh, and again, talking about strategy, I don't know that you could pick a better strategy um, as far as freeing yourself up and being, being available uh, to really put your all into landing these two guys. And by the sounds of it, you know, he's made a ton of, of, catching up on um on a lot of these guys i mean you hear you hear uh Trenton watford's father Ernest, speaking and you know just the dismay that they had the family had and not really getting a lot of love from the hoosiers and as soon as archie got the job boom they're on it they reached out and it's, it just seemed like such a no-brainer from where i was sitting um, that doesn't make any sense to me it, it really doesn't because it it sounds like christian has a good relationship with crean like i don't know why I just I never understood why that was. I've been flummoxed by it since word first surfaced that IU wasn't really contacting him much. Um, but it, you know, not only are, are we contacting the obvious guys like Trendon, um, and I don't want to take Trendon for granted either. I mean, just the fact that his brother went here, he's under no obligation whatsoever. The fact that this was a great opportunity for Christian, that doesn't automatically translate into you know this is going to be something that fits Trendon's wants and needs. No, but, but he should it, certainly feel welcome. <laughs> <laughs> he should absolutely feel welcome. Not to mention he's one of the 10 best players in his class. Yeah. Or, you know, top 15, depending on the recruiting service. These are almost, you know, generally, Crean's going to offer like 80% of the top 25 in any given class. So why you would why you would pass on a guy like Trendon was besides me. But it sounds like we've made up a lot of ground, too, with, with, uh, with Romeo. Um, you know, from what went, or seemingly was a long shot not too long ago, which is kind of obvious, I guess, or understandable, at least, maybe that's a better term, kind of considering the the state of the program not too long ago. 
the fact that he's been able to make up that much ground this quickly is is really something. Um, so I, like I said, I couldn't be happier with where we're at. Uh, I think he's got, like I said, he's got a balanced class coming in. It's going to address a lot of the needs. If he's able to to land one, forget about both of them right now. But if he's able to land one of these five stars, um, be a backcourt addition, going to be something extremely huge, I think, going forward for Archie, being a former guard himself. He's going to coach up that position to the nth degree. You know he's going to. It's got to be one of his selling points. But to have a guy, you know, to be able to park a Ferrari in your garage like that this early on, I, I knew that this guy had potential, but for for him to achieve it or you know get this close to it this quickly is really beyond any of my expectations. Oh, no question about it. All right, coming up on the assembly call, we are going to talk more about Archie Miller and what he has done so far. Get Chronic's on the ground perspective from Bloomington. That's coming up on the assembly call. Stick with us. Hey, just a real quick note here. The next time that you are going to shop online for IU gear, use the URL iustore.shop. That will take you to the official IU online store where they have anything you could possibly want. Candy stripe pants, the script Indiana warm-up shirt, all kinds of IU gear. And that URL, iustore.shop, is actually our affiliate URL. So when you use it, and buy something, we get paid a commission. So it's a great way for you to shop for the IU gear that you need and to support the assembly call at the same time. Again, the URL is iustore.shop. Please bookmark it and use it the next time you're looking to buy IU gear. We appreciate it. Now back to the show. You are listening to The Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms and well-known IU superfan Chronic Hoosier. And we are going to dive into the beginning of the Archie Miller era here, Chronic. And you know, look, no games have been played. Uh, you know, Archie has been on the job now for several months. Uh, obviously, there have been some notable wins on the recruiting trail, which we talked about in segment one. But they're just... Uh, Something feels so much different right now about the direction of IU basketball. You know, it really feels like there's a plan in place, as you mentioned. And as we were just talking about between segments, you know, for a fan base that really felt fractured there, you know, especially during, you know, the, the, the final few months of the Tom Crean era and really, you know, going back several years before that, everyone really seems to be on board with this. And it, you really don't find any naysaying. You don't find too many detractors. Just a lot of IU fans who are happy and pleased and confident with the direction of the program. How on earth has Archie been able to, to come in and do that so quickly? Yeah, I know. Honestly, that's a great question. I mean, I think it's testament to the quality of the hire they made, not just from a, uh, you know, a coaching chop standpoint, but he's, he's approached this job with a level of enthusiasm and just, embrace um you know this is that like I, I called it earlier i referenced it to, as being a honeymoon and it very much is you know i've i've had the chance to see 
both Archie and his family, as well as the staff out and about around town. And it's just, it's such a cool feeling just to see those guys glowing when, you know, even the assistant coaches, uh, Ostrom and Bruiser and, um, and, and Ed, as they're going about and they're getting recognized at the checkout lines and at the restaurants, people are coming over and asking them for autographs and taking pictures and everything, you know, it's, it's just a cool sight when you see those moments and, you know, I'm sure that's probably a little intrusive at times to them, but they really seem to be reveling in the moment. And and the fans um, seem to be reveling in the moment just as well. I mean, you're not going to believe this, but there's a lot of drinking going on in Bloomington right now. People are pretty excited. Like, there's a, they're, they're partying pretty hard right now. Uh, I assume it's because we've got Hoosier Hysteria coming up in 30 days. Um, could be some other reason. I don't know. But, you know, it's... And I, I guess let me leapfrog off that. There's a lot of excitement around a lot of the programs on campus again. And that, too, is a really good feeling. There's optimism for basketball. People, you know, to see the rock packed for the opening game against Ohio State. I mean, it's just it's great to see that level of support for all the programs and just that excitement around 17th Street again. I would be remiss if I didn't mention the soccer team too. So, um, you know, I'm not necessarily willing to predict that we're at the onset of a new golden era, but there are certainly a lot of pieces in place that would seemingly set that potential up for, for being really high right now. You know, if you did want to throw a little cold water on, on kind of the party everybody is having, you might say, you know, nine years ago when Tom Crane took over, there was a lot of excitement and there were early wins on the recruiting trail. And it really felt like, you know, things were getting back going. Now, obviously, it took three years on the court to, to get to the point where there was any success. But there was some optimism back then. How would you kind of compare and contrast that beginning to this one? And is it is it drastically different uh, in how it feels to you? It does. You know, I, I think when you look back at the onset of, of Tom Green's tenure here, um, you, you, we, we'd be remiss if we didn't remember. There was a lot of shame and embarrassment coming on the heels of Kelvin Sampson's time here. And you saw the, the um, you know, the, the exodus of, of players and just the cloud that was really hanging over the program, uh, the NC2A sanctions. Um, and, you know, if you look at the roster that was left, I mean, we had Kyle Tabor returning. That was our scholarship player, a former walk-on. Um, you know, Archie was able to retain, you know, with the exception of the early entry draft guys, he kept the entire team together. He kept all the recruits together. So there was never really a, any of that setback. Um, and then he goes out on the recruiting trail and just kicks butt. I mean, he, I think Galen Clavio had said it. He's not swung and missed at many pitches here so far. Um, so just to see him starting from such a better place to see him being able to hold it together. Um, I, I look at the Colin Hartman decision, you know, I, th I think most commentators fully expected Colin had played his last game at assembly hall, um, that he was going to be done. And the fact that Colin was willing to forego starting his career, cause I don't know, maybe Colin, um, he's certainly not projecting on any NBA draft radars right now. Maybe he wants to go to Europe. Maybe he wants to go try the D league or whatever. But, uh, the fact that he was willing to forego whatever professional career lay in front of him to come back and be a part of this new, this new staff, this new team, um, to help redirect the program. I think that speaks volumes about what Archie's inspired both outside, but especially within the program itself. 
You are listening to The Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms and Chronic Hoosier, and we're talking about the early days of the Archie Miller era where there has been just so much good. Is there anything that has happened since Archie took over Chronic that has given you pause, or is there anything, I mean, other than obviously seeing how the team performs on the floor, and we're going to talk about that in segment three, but is there any note that he has hit or struck that hasn't been right on key uh, to your ears so far? Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, every time he opens his mouth, uh, he seems to pull me in even deeper. Um, I've been super impressed with with the way he's presented himself, both on camera and off. Um, we had mentioned this earlier, and I, I think it's it's interesting too. Where when Crean was first here, we were speaking in big, broad terms and ideals and things like that. You know, it's Indiana. You hear Archie speak and he's breaking his plan down into points and sub points and extrapolating everything as far as his plans concerned. And it just warms my heart to see this level of focus and this level of attention to detail and just singularness of focus. Like, I don't think Archie is a bad public speaker by any stretch of the imagination, but he certainly doesn't come off to me as somebody that's trying to sell us on something. He's trying to explain to you what his plan is because it's something he's he's been working on for a long time and he's he's prepared to articulate it uh, to a significant degree uh, as as far as you're willing to listen to it. Um, and I'm one of those guys that I you know I want to hear how are you going to defend or, you know how are you going to attack a, a press zone coverage and all these things. He's really in his element there. You know he's not so much for the rah rahs and everything else and talking in the platitudes. Uh, but he's certainly an X's, X's and O's guys. I grew up around a lot of coaches' sons, and he very much fits that mold. And it's 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 really familiar feeling for me. So when you talk about the you know kind of plan and his ability to articulate that, I mean, how have you heard that that has actually manifested itself for this year's team in the off season? Any any kind of vibe or things that you've heard around just in in, in terms of what that's actually look like implementing it? Now, I, I think so much is going from on the recruiting side. Like, you know, there's the part of you that's right. still like, all right, well, I want to see what happens now. No, no, absolutely. And that's one thing that, uh, you know, hasn't really gotten out a lot. You know, you hear this guy's doing great in workouts. And obviously in this time of year, everybody's doing great in workouts. You know, it's very rare to hear something. Never been getting... in better shape. Everybody's yeah. great. <laughs> Breakout yeah. season coming. Yep. You got it. No team has ever been tripping all over themselves in the off season before. Um but, you know, uh, there's not been a whole lot come out. Um, I haven't heard a whole lot specifically individually about, you know, who's who's breaking out, who's fallen behind. Um, so I'm, I'm really curious personally to see what kind of strides the team has made individually. Um, you know, my biggest concern, I would say going into it, well, a couple of concerns, obviously guard play, um, you know, cutting down on turnovers. Uh, distributing the ball. We need a shooter. You know, we've known that everybody I think's had that on the radar. Who's going to step up and be the knock, you know, the knockdown shooter for this team. Um, I would expect that Archie's going to run a lot of action so that guys like Rojo are going to be able to step into a jumper instead of take his off the dribble. Um, I think you're going to see the system creating a lot more of those opportunities rather than just one-on-one matchups and, and guys having to go do him. Um, I'm really curious to see 
how much more disciplined Duran has become in the offseason. You know, I think one of the, the keys to IU's success is going to be him being able to stay on the floor for extended stretches and not get himself into foul trouble. So he's got his body leaner. He's in better shape than he's ever been in, supposedly. Uh, you know, and by the looks of it, the pictures, he looks pretty ripped. So seeing how those guys are able to shore up some of those fundamental elements, I think, is going to be huge. So we're about 30 days away from getting our first look at him live. I'm, I'm really excited to get some of these questions answered myself. we got about a minute left in this segment, Chronic, uh, quickly, any thoughts on, on the potential difference between you know a guy like Lionel Anderson, who was here before as a strength coach, and now what Indiana has in Cliff Marshall, who again, you know, it seems like he's just you know cut from the same cloth as Archie Miller in a lot of ways. Now, Cliff, he's he seems like a really interesting dude, uh, like a really really interesting dude. He seems um, like he's pretty darn good at his job by most accounts. Um, he's. He's something else. You know what? Uh, the guys look ripped. He looks like he's got his handle on his job pretty firmly. If he's able to get these guys in shape, you know, one thing he, I, I have been impressed with is he really emphasizes the need to recover. For every minute they do training, they have to have an equal and opposite minute of recovery. Uh, and I think he's he said it before. Maybe it was on Jeremy Gray's podcast. You know, it's not just his job to get these guys ripped and strong and setting personal max. They need to be at their best in February and March, and that's really what he trains and conditions for all off season. So, you know, maybe we reserve judgment on his work until the end of the season. No, that's certainly what he's gambling for. Yep, no question about it. All right, well, we are going to talk more about the upcoming season and talk about the burning questions facing the 2017-18 Hoosiers when we come back in our next segment. Stick with us here on the Assembly Call. are listening to the assembly call go to assemblycall.com slash join right now to learn how to subscribe to our email newsletter if you want to get more out of being an iu basketball fan then you need to be on our newsletter list you will get our weekly six banner sunday news roundups as well as our post-game analysis emails once the season begins it is all free and it will make you a smarter iu basketball fan again the url is assemblycall.com slash join I'm Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms, my co-host on the Assembly Call IU postgame show and Chronic Hoosier, who you can follow at Chronic Hoosier for enthusiastic and witty commentary on all IU sports. And real quick, before we go any further in segment three, I want to give a, a quick shout out to Assembly Call listener Trent, who emailed me this week to say that he tunes in every week from all the way out in Singapore. And his email said, if you know of any other crazy IU fans in Singapore that follow you all, let me know. So... If you are in Singapore and listening to this and want a friend to follow your Hoosiers with, let me know and I will put you in touch with Trent. Uh, thank you, Trent, for being a listener all the way out there in Singapore. We appreciate you very much. Alrighty, so Hoosier Hysteria is one month away. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday, September 21st. Hoosier Hysteria is October 21st, a date that has been set for a while, which has been kind of nice. Uh, and our friend Zach Osterman from the Indianapolis Star had an interesting column this week outlining his five biggest burning questions that IU faces heading into the 2017-18 season. So I recommend you read his article. His questions, as he outlines them, are how quickly can Archie improve IU's defense? Will Josh Newkirk and Robert Johnson lead a turnover revival? How good is Deron Davis? Who else steps up? And how does Indiana handle the tough early schedule? All great questions, all important questions that must be answered. 
but I thought it might be fun to kind of add our own questions to the list because, look, as excited as we are about the Archie Miller era and, and even as optimistic as we are about this year's team, there are a lot of questions facing this year's team if these Hoosiers are to compete for an, an upper half finish in the Big Ten to make the NCAA tournament more even than the ones that Zach has. So, Andy, let's start with you. What else stands out to you uh, in terms of a pivotal question that IU really has to answer in Archie's first season on the court? Yeah, I mean, I think to me it relates a little bit to the who else steps up question. I, I mean, I think by most accounts, you know, the starting lineup is, is likely to be, you know, Newkirk, Robert Johnson, Colin Hartman, Juwan Morgan, and, and Deron Davis. Uh, and I think that's a starting five that people can feel pretty good about. Um, certainly experienced guys um, that, that you think will buy in and fit in well to what Archie wants to do. I think the question really comes after that. You know, we've talked a lot about the, uh, you know, the front court depth. Once you get past Duran in terms of who takes those minutes, uh, if he gets in foul trouble, needs a rest. Um, and and then even in the backcourt, you, know, you, you do have some guys who have a year's worth of experience, uh, you know, in the front court uh, of Freddie McSwain in the backcourt, uh, Curtis Jones and Devontae Green. But, you know, as we talk about Archie wanting to get to that eight, nine man rotation, I think almost any of those bench spots are are kind of up for grabs at this point. And if one of the freshmen can come in and play well, uh, and really latch on to that. But, uh, you know, the key for me is going to be if somebody gets hurt, if somebody gets in foul trouble, how quickly can multiple reliable and consistent contributors emerge off the bench? Um, because otherwise, you know, I think it's it's going to be a challenging season for him. And I think a lot of Big Ten teams and, you know, kind of looking through things have similar questions where the starting five can look pretty good. Uh, and and maybe one of the big differences in, in terms of how teams finish in the league is, you know, whose supporting cast can be the best. And so I think we still don't know who those guys are going to be for IU. Chronic, what about for you? What what burning questions stand out that Indiana must answer? I'm really curious to see how quickly he can make strides on the defensive end. Um, he's got a lot of talent. Uh, the depth of that remains to be seen, I think, as Andy just said. Um, but especially with some of the question marks around the shooting position on offense, um, I think it's going to be imperative that these guys can defend at a much higher level than we've seen recently. And Archie seems to be, you know, from the onset, extremely focused on that. Um, but to see where the rubber meets the road there and, and how much he's able and how quickly he's able to shore up some of those deficiencies uh, that we had in the past and get everybody on the same page, uh, I, I think that's going to tell us a lot early on um, about what direction this thing's going to go, this season in particular, um, maybe give us a little peek in the long term as well. But uh, to me, I think that's going to be that's going to be imperative for him if he's going to have any shot of making the tournament this year and, uh, you know, outperforming some of these expectations. Uh, these guys have got to be able to stop the ball. Yeah, I think that one's that one's just interesting because when you really start to look at the makeup um, of the team and you think, you know, offensively, while there is experience, you know, the kinds of explosive scorers who could really string together, you know, single, you know, single player runs of, you know, seven, eight points. I, I don't think those guys are really on this season's team. So they're going to have to be able to compete defensively because I just don't think they're going to be, um, certainly the offense will look different than it has, you know, these last few years. But when you start thinking about just, you know, high caliber, you know, offensive guys who can really light it up, there were some elite players in that regard uh, on teams these last few seasons. And this team, uh, doesn't have that doesn't mean they can't be effective just I think means that end of the floor is going to be a challenge which really highlights the defensive piece even more 
You're listening to The Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms and Chronic Hoosier discussing the most burning questions facing the 2017-18 Hoosiers. I'll give you guys my burning question here in just a second, uh, but Galen had a really interesting question in the chat. Good defense, nature or nurture? Andy, what do you uh, what do you think? I mean, because obviously we saw a lot of these same guys last year play pretty poor defense. I mean, even Robert Johnson, who at times has been a really good defender in his career, you know, second half of last season was not playing very good defense. Uh, you know, so when we talk about a turnaround, some guys who have shown themselves to be poor defenders at the college level are going to have to become good defenders. Is that something that you think is is possible? Uh, I think, you know, to me, it comes back to, you know, something that Chronic said earlier where, you know, Archie has a clear plan down to bullet points and things like that. And it's a matter of whether the guys can really execute that. I think, you know, in seasons past, we've seen the uh, the godforsaken switch from man to zone in the middle of a possession type of thing where guys are just confused. And I think we saw that in, in multiple facets of the team and kind of the, you know, frenetic nature of, uh, you know, of Tom Crean and the way things were going. I think, it manifested itself on the floor that way. And so uh, I, I think it's certainly, a, a, this will be a good early test, but I think a simple philosophy that is really drilled in hard and practice and, and guys are held accountable to following. Uh, I think it can, can be one that can be instilled in guys who we've seen struggle. Um, but you know, this, this season was probably the ultimate test of the answer to that question. But I, I think it can be because I think it's going to be simpler for them uh, drilled into them in a way that probably was not done uh, in the past. And and I think that will help pay dividends for these guys that, you know, really understand, you know, roles and, and positioning and things like that in a way that I think we've all wanted to, to pull our hair out about the last couple of years. Chronic, on a related note, how about turnovers? Do you think that's nature or nurture? Because we've certainly seen pretty much everybody on this roster struggle with turnovers for the past few years. Uh, you know, probably a combination of the both. Um, and for both of the questions you just asked, um, I think it's, it, it's probably a combination of both. I will say though, that, you know, previously we've seen offenses that were very, very tempo driven. It was all gas, no breaks. And that's great when you've got a guy like Yogi Ferrell running the point. Um, that's great when you've got a group of guys that have been, you know, on the same AAU team for a long time together and are used to running breaks with one another. Um, doesn't always work necessarily like you know i remember when verdell jones was a freshman and a sophomore uh he needed a little bit of breaks in addition to that gas um we saw some of that last year where these guys maybe need to slow it down a little bit and be a little more deliberate and you know i i get what was behind that from um from a, a strategic perspective like obviously you know you're going to have a higher percentage of scoring if you can beat them down the court on a fast break but it maybe isn't always to your advantage. So I think a new system where, you know, they're going to, and Archie said, it, he's going to look to push. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, he's not going to be running four corners offense. Um, he's going to want to push tempo too, but I think he's, I would expect to see a greater emphasis on, on taking care of the ball. I mean, he said this as well. You cannot turn it over. You have to be smart about the basketball. Um, so I, I think nurture is going to go a long way here. You know, I've yet to hear anything about, deflections um i don't think we're going to see the echo boards back out so you know i I think the the nurture element is um is certainly going to be in a different direction this year but how will players know not to hop or not to call out screens if there isn't a sign reminding them i mean well it's a wise man once said proper prior preparation prevents something something um you know, uh, 
That's why we practice, boys. That's why we practice. And honestly, that's why coaches have the bench and the ability to substitute. Um, and that's one thing I, I do like as well going into this is, you know, while he certainly had a chance to look at his team and kind of get his arms around his talent, as far as gameplay and minutes and who's reliable, everybody's starting with a blank slate this year. Archie said he's not gone back and looked at a lot of tape. He's looking at what he has right now and what they're going to do this season. So I would fully expect to see these guys being held accountable for their, you know, their inability to take care of the basketball or to run his systems. So some other important questions that I think this team needs to answer. You know, number one, are any of the freshmen ready to be reliable rotation pieces? Justin Smith, Clifton Moore, Al Durham, you know, Clifton Moore, just with Indiana's lack of depth down low, you know, he may be pressed into action. Will he be ready? That I think is going to be important. Will the return of Colin Hartman and the presence of four other seniors lead to a leadership revival? Because in addition to defense and turnovers, Lack of leadership was a huge issue on last year's team. Will that be better this year? Hopefully just having what we all assume will be better leadership on the bench uh, will help set the tone there. But the question that I think is the most pressing, and I think it's one of overall the most pressing questions facing this team, is very simply, can Juwan Morgan stay healthy? Because this is a guy who has shown such flashes of potential in his two years, a guy that, shoot, before last season, Don Fisher was saying that Juwan Morgan had a chance to be one of the special players to wear an Indiana uniform, and we've seen flashes of it on the offensive end, on the defensive end, but it almost seems like every time he's ready to turn the corner and break out, an injury happens. And I think he has a real chance to be maybe this team's best overall player, best two-way player, given his offensive and defensive contributions, but he's got to stay healthy. You know, the shoulder injury, the foot injury, you know, different little nagging injuries. If he can stay healthy, I think it will really, really help this team because I think his ceiling as a player is really high. We've only been able to see little bits and pieces of it, and I can't wait to see what Juwan is able to do if he's able to get a full healthy year. Um so that would be, for me, the biggest question. And I really, really hope that it's answered in the affirmative and that he can stay healthy because I think we'll all be pretty pleased by what we see. Yeah, I mean, I think he just – his versatility and and is something that really nobody else on the roster at this point could could replace. It, it, you, you know, A lot has been talked about of, you know, Jerron Davis and post-play, and there's really nobody else on the roster that you know can, um, can do that. I think the other – you know, if you start – putting things into into buckets um i think the kind of versatility that juan has shown uh in flashes as you said is something that there's not really anybody else on the roster that has shown in the same way in terms of being able to defend as many positions being able to play as many roles on offense and i think you know that's the kind of guy that archie should be able to get a lot out of and a guy that ultimately gives him some flexibility in lineups and things like that if he's not there um you, you get yourself a little bit more locked into different you know rotations and things like that i, I think so I, I think that's definitely a definitely a big one and uh, would be a good time for juan to have his you know kind of first uh injury free season yes it would yes it would Alrighty, coming up on the assembly call we are going to answer your questions we got a bunch of good ones obviously chronic is here so there are questions about jameson and many other topics stick with us we'll answer those coming up You 
are listening to The Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms and Chronic Hoosier wrapping up another week of talking IU basketball here on Assembly Call Radio. And we got a ton of questions this week, so let's get right into them. And I actually want to go to one of the questions in the chat, and this was just submitted by Kareem. And I think it's a good one, kind of piggybacking on our conversation from our last segment. Kareem says, at the end of the season, what kind of results can Archie and his staff get to make the crazy hardcore Hoosier fans satisfied? Now, obviously, you know, there's kind of two parts of that. You've got what's going on in the recruiting trail and what it suggests for the future, but also just what happens this season. And so, Chronic, let me send that question to you. Uh, number one, what is your expectation for the 2017-18 Hoosiers, and what do you think is kind of the minimum that this team needs to achieve to, to satisfy IU fans and keep the positive momentum going? Uh, obviously, wins make everything feel good, but more specifically... Um Regardless of the outcome, I think if we can watch a team that comes out every night and just plays hard, smart basketball, uh, I think that's going to placate a lot of the fan base. Obviously, winning is important, but I think where we've come from and where we want to go, seeing these guys just play smart basketball uh, and play hard every single set up and down the floor is going to go a long way to, to winning the fans' confidence. Yep. Andy, what are your thoughts on that? We haven't talked about that in about a month or so. Has it has anything changed? No, I don't I don't think so. I mean, when you start looking at some of these, you know, Big Ten projections and just looking over rosters, I mean, really once you get past those top four teams that I think are pretty uh, you know, consistent between people, there's a lot of things that can happen uh, in the middle of the league, and that can be both good and bad for a team like IU that you really don't have a good vision of what to expect. And so, um, you know, I think a middle-of-the-pack finish where you're in contention for the NCAA tournament, I think even if you come up short, but you see those signs of progress and you see what you're being built toward and you are able to connect the dots between the plan that Archie has laid out and what you're starting to see on the court, um, I think those go a long way because I think there have been so many times these last few years that – you know, there's just has been a disconnect between here. Here's what's being said, and here's what here's what's being seen. Um, and I think if you start to see those things come together and gel a little bit, uh, I, you know, I think people will be willing to to take a season where maybe they don't make the NCAA tournament. Certainly, everybody wants to aspire to that uh, and really put push a lot of eggs in the basket of you know next season when you know this recruiting class gets there. I guess that's my you know current thought of it, and I think that is gonna has the chance to change a heck of a lot you know, even, you know, a few weeks into the season, uh, you know, a couple of weeks, see this team play a few games, which are going to play a lot early based on the way the big 10 schedule is. So, uh, I think it'll be an interesting question to revisit, not, you know, give us, you know, five games into the season and really see what it looks like at that point. Chronic, you are the man who coined the term, or I guess the hashtag would be more appropriate season on the drink. Uh, I think you coined that during the abomination that was the 2013, 14 season. If I'm not mistaken, you certainly brought it back out last year because uh, it was certainly a season on the drink. Uh, and so Hallis Hall wants to know the over under on the number of bottles of Jameson that will be needed for this season. My guess is that it will be less uh, than last season. What would you set the over under at? Who says bottles, man? I'm on the barrels. This is next level. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't know what the over-under is on that. I will say it's probably going to be uh, a lot more enjoyable on this end, a little less angst, uh, mainly just ice and smiles, hopefully. You know, I'm I'm, I'm super optimistic about this. Um, 
I, I don't want to be disillusioned and think that it's going to be all roses and rainbows and sunshine from the get-go. It's going to take some time. You know, it's it's a process, and we're going to have to trust it, to borrow a phrase. Um, but it's it's going to be a journey for all of us, and I'm excited to go along with it. I mean, I remember very vividly going into Assembly Hall in the early years with Tom Crean, knowing that, you know, we're not going to win a lot of games, but looking for incremental progress night in, night out, and kind of seeing all those things come together. So I, I, I certainly am not trying to draw a direct correlation between this season and, and Crean's first couple, but I'm looking forward to the process. I'm looking forward, like Andy said, to see how Archie's able to connect the dots uh, and apply some of these things that we've heard about. Um, but let's not make any bones either. I'm going to do a lot of drinking one way or another. <laughs> but hopefully it'll be happy drinking because that's always the best kind. That is the best kind. <laughs> You're listening to The Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms and Chronic Hoosier wrapping up uh, this week's episode, answering your questions. I thought this question from Scott was interesting. What non-Big Ten teams do you think will be most affected by Archie's hiring? And his example is Xavier no longer profiting from our misfortune. I would certainly say anybody who has been recruiting the state of Indiana well is going to be affected by Archie being here uh, because it certainly seems like he's going to do a much better job of locking down the good players in state. Andy, any other non-Big Ten schools, other than Dayton, of course, uh, that you think will be most affected by Archie's hiring? Yeah, I thought that was a really good question. I don't think I have a really, really good answer for it, but I do, you know, I think um it, you know, some of some of the other schools who are consistently in on on some of these five stars. I mean, I think that's really an area where and I forget who it was. I I think you sent it to me this week that somebody had, you know, kind of done a comparison of, you know, five stars that have by conference and uh, and the Big 10 was not high up on that list at all and IU certainly was not high up on that list. I think um, IU being able to get in the mix more consistently for these guys again to kind of go back to that original point of you've got the nucleus let's let's slot some guys in year after year to to kind of complement those guys and, and play with them that are are really highly rated uh, you know I think teams who are constantly in on some of those guys and, and some of the midwestern guys so you're you know potentially North Carolina's Kansas's you know steal some from you know Kentucky or Louisville or something like that I think you know those kinds of teams will be there because they really haven't been probably haven't viewed IU as competition uh, for some of those guys uh, of late for the most part I would say and I think they're they certainly will have to do that now let uh, me jump in here and yeah. say uh, UCLA Ooh, yeah that's a good the one. fact that you, you the fact that you just took and don't get me wrong Steve Alford still has plenty of connections to this state uh, in the absence of Ed Schilling but to take an ace out of his staff like we did and put him on ours uh, I, I think they're probably going to feel it the most yeah all right so we have some rapid fire questions for you chronic and let's get to these I'll toss them out you give me your your first impression answer uh, here we go favorite coffee shop Ooh, favorite coffee uh, soma okay Top three IU assistant coaches of all time. Oh, my goodness. Um, man, that's a deep question. I should have put some more planning into this one. Um, Calvert Chaney. He was an <laughs> ops director. It was, uh, yeah, Calvert Chaney. I'm just trying to help the people who have the bingo card with the Calvert uh, Chaney reference. Derek Greg Austin. Graham would have been on there, too, if Greg Graham had ever been an assistant coach. Uh, Indianapolis's number one radio host, Dan Dockich. <laughs> tied with ron felling and norm norm ellenberger yes uh okay uh choose an iu mascot um i i like not having one but if you absolutely had to have one it's got to be a bison i remember back when we went to the copper bowl there was like 
they had some mascot type thing. It was either that or it was like the Domino's Pizza mascot was on the IU sidelines and it was <laughs> parading around like it was the IU mascot and it just felt weird. I used to have a trash can that had the bowl on it. <laughs> uh, maybe it was a bison, but it looked more like a bowl. Yeah. And he was real buff and I thought that was cool too. I think Galen because has that in his office. I saw that. That came on the heels of Mr. Who's Your Pride and that was kind of an abomination. Yeah. So yeah, that had I felt shame in IU. What what was that? Is that referring to like the large inflatable people that they they did for a while? When is that? These are the caricatures. From? So Mr. Uh, Richard Pride was this big hick looking dude. Uh, I mean, straight a seed. And then uh, <laughs> it's the, the whole IU mascot thing has been a journey. I'll say this much too: for all the people that think we need one and want to get into it, even if you were able to achieve a plurality of support, I think that's a big stretch. No matter what percentage supported it i think the opposition would be so vehemently opposed that it would it would just be a bad idea and i think you've seen this echoed throughout iu's histories and struggling with this issue yeah we just talked about archie unifying the fan base that could take it the other direction we don't need that (laughs) we don't want to go there but a bison would be cool too if we had to uh okay we got about 60 seconds left favorite iu bench warmer (laughs) come on people (laughs) i got his liger guard in my front yard to this day he just got married. Actually, true story. Greatest moment of my life, with the exception of my marriage and the birth of my children, I uh, Tijan accepted my friend request. I just found him on Facebook a couple weeks ago. Oh, that is awesome. My life has totally changed. It's so great. That is I assumed awesome. you would have been in the wedding standing up with him. This is really disappointing. That <laughs> Honestly, didn't play best man. That's the thing. People were trying to tell me there's video of Tijan dancing at his wedding. And I was I was just soul crushed that nobody tipped me off that Tijan got married in town when I had nothing how many, going on. How many noses did he break while dancing at the wedding is the real question. Oh, uh, God. It's so great. It's so The video is tremendous. The pictures. God bless him. Wish him well. His bride's beautiful. They need to start having babies soon. All right. That is the perfect note to end on for an episode with Chronic Hoosier. That will do it for this week's episode of The Assembly Call. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, join us at assemblycall.com on Thursday nights for the live broadcast of our Assembly Call radio recording. You can always subscribe to our podcast by searching for Assembly Call wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com slash join to get on our free email newsletter list. Thank you for listening. We'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you next week. Until then, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Assembly Call. We really appreciate you being here. And we really do rely on the support of audience members like you to keep The Assembly Call going and to keep growing. And we have set up a page on our website at assemblycall.com slash support so that if you do want to support the show, there are a number of options and we encourage you to choose whichever one is most convenient. On that page, you will find ways to donate, including how to set up a monthly recurring donation or annual recurring donation, as many folks have. Or you can submit a one-time donation. Again, that is assemblycall.com slash support. Or you can use our affiliate URLs, iutickets.shop or iustore.shop, and we will get a commission if you use that URL and make a purchase. All righty. Thank you so much again for being here. Thank you for your support. We'll talk to you next time. Go Hoosiers. 
D won free groceries and shop, play, win Monopoly at Safeway. Don't miss your chance with only three weeks left to play. Satisfy your thirst with Coca-Cola, bubbly or sparkling ice. Take a snack break with Sargento cheese or Ritz and serve up fun with Pop-Tarts. Increase your chances to win. Shop these bonus ticket items specially tagged in store. Download the Shop, Play, Win app to play today. No purchase necessary. See rules at www.shopplaywin.com. Hasbro is not a sponsor of this promotion. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.